Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Are You Really Living Podcast. Today, we have a good friend, Stefan, stopping by. So with that being said, Stefan, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Today, we're going to be talking about a few topics. The first one we're going to start with is, uh, I believe it's your favorite, student midwife. What is that? A student midwife. Um, So basically, a student midwife is, a lot of people confuse it with being a doula. So a student midwife, um, we go to school for, well, I don't know about other places, but in Florida, Mm -hmm. um, for about three years. um, And we basically help deliver the baby we're here for the mother and the baby um so we are here to encourage the mo- encourage the mom um sometimes the moms they choose to come to us instead of going to a primary doctor um we're able to look after the mom and take care of them medically well not really medically but like you know take the blood pressure and monitor um we do the sonograms um monitor the baby throughout the whole the whole process, mm-hmm. the and birth process. um, mm-hmm. and so the parent may either choose to give birth in the hospital or at home. What is what is the benefit of not giving birth in the hospital? Well, it all depends on the parent. However, um, if you choose to give birth at home, you know some people they prefer to do the natural way, um, no medicine. They want everything to go naturally, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and as student midwife, we're encouraging you, helping you to breathe. Sometimes they want to be in a comfortable environment. They want, you know, some some people opt in to have a birthing pool. They go in the birthing pool, and you know that's where they will have the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on the parent. How having a child or pushing a baby in the pool does that affect the baby? No, they can swim. They can breathe. They can I mean, the first time they come out, I guess, mm-hmm. for the few, those few seconds, not, mm-hmm. it will not affect them. No, not at all. And have you seen that? You've seen uh, yeah. mothers giving birth in a pool? Yeah. And what is the position that the mother or has to be for the mother to be comfortable? Whatever is comfortable with them. If they want, they can be on all fours. If they want, they can, you know, just be sitting back and, and then the baby come out. It all depends on the parent. What is the pain level that the, a mother is going through? Like I don't know because I've never given birth. <laughs> but for, Naturally, from you, from you seeing it, from what your experience, you could tell that the mother's in a lot of pain. Like oh yeah, for sure. And after the baby's is out, that's it. The pain is over. I mean, as you're contracting, of course, you're just pain and contractions when the baby, you know, come out. Um, there's different things, different. It's a ne- different level of pain, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say maybe um, if the parent, the birthing person, um, has a tear, so us as us as um midwives will not. I'm not a midwife yet, but the midwife will have the um will be able to suture the okay. parent back. You know, the tear. So it all depends. Do you have medical staff like on hand or? You guys just go for it. Go for it. That's why it takes three years. Um, and the clinic will start literally the second semester. Okay. I 
I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, I understand the pain that a mother has to go through to give birth and the, not only the pain um, physically, but mentally as well. It, it, it takes a toll on a mother. So with that being said, and you, what made you chose that field? Well, my very own birth experience was not a very great one. Um, I had scheduled a C-section because unfortunately I didn't have the option of getting midwife because I was high risk. Um, so I had to give birth in the hospital and I opted to get a C-section because they told me that my baby was too big mm -hmm. because I had gestational diabetes. I developed gestational diabetes during the my pregnancy. pregnancy. Okay. So I was high risk and they were afraid that my baby would not make it, would be born stillborn. So I opted to get a C-section. And the doctor that I was working with, unfortunately, when I scheduled a C-section, they couldn't make it. They had an emergency. So I had to use the on-call doctor. And <laughs> first of all, I gave birth in 2016. He stapled me. Mm -hmm. He just staples? Yeah. He stapled me instead of using the, um, the, the dissolvable stitches. Mm -hmm. So, and that was a situation of its own. Um, and because of the staples, you are more prone to get infections. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, oh, wow. the staple um, came out and, and I was infected. And um, a week, six days after I gave birth, I stood up to go to the bathroom. And I just felt like something leaking down my leg. And I look and I said, oh my God. And I wasn't on pain medicine. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't feel when the tear happened from the cut. And where he cut me was not where he was supposed to cut me. I'm a big girl. He did not cut me. He did not cut my stomach. He literally cut like right on top of my pubic area. Mm -hmm. And when you have a cut like that, it cannot be, you know, in moisture. You have to keep it dry. You cannot cut a person in the pelvic area when... You have the stomach, you got the fupa hanging over there. So it's hard to keep that dry. So of course it's going to get infected. Um, and with the staples as well. So I had to be, so they couldn't re, they couldn't stitch me or anything. Um, so I literally had to spend an extra six days at the hospital oh, wow. on my back so that it can heal itself. I was away from my baby, my newborn baby for six days. I was breastfeeding. When I came back, I couldn't breastfeed anymore because I was on antibiotics. And it was just a lot. It was just very traumatic. Um, my baby ended up being allergic to the formula. Um, woke up one day, her whole face was swollen shut. Like her eyes were swollen shut. Like she had a whole bunch of hives and I couldn't, I didn't know what happened first time off. Um, so figured out she was allergic to dairy. And um, yeah, it was just a lot. It yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, tell, I could see that it was a lot. Now, looking back, if you were to go with or go through with the midwife process, do you think it would have been the same in terms of you being in the hospital for six days? Um, well, I would have gotten if I, I was if I were more educated, I would definitely have gotten a doula, even though I would um. 
I was not eligible to get a midwife, I would have gotten a doula because a doula would advocate for you. Um, so a lot of things that did happen where he was using staples and it was, you know, he didn't even, he didn't even know, like when they called him back in, like what happened? Like when my doctor came back and saw like where I was cut and everything and it was just like, he was pissed. <laughs> so what's the difference between a midwife and a doula? The midwife, you go to a training for a couple of weeks um and you're here to basically you're not able to perform anything like medically like you're basically here like the support of the mom mm -hmm. you're here to support the mom you know with postpartum depression you know you know mentally you know mentally you're here to help them when they're breastfeeding how to latch and stuff like that you're here for the mom the midwife you're here for both you also you also do doula work you're also basically considered doula because you're here for the mom as well you do everything that the doula does but you're here for the mom, the baby, and you monitor medically. Okay. Now, if somebody is listening to us right now and they are in between in making the decision, going to the hospital or going with a doula midwife, what would you tell that listener in, in terms of how they should make the decision or make the, the process easier on them or make the decision to see which way they want to go? Well, first, um, it will depend on how they, you know, their birthing plan. Some people are scared. They're like, I don't want to, you know, do the whole natural thing because they're scared that they're not, they're not going to be able to make it or the pain and stuff like that. The reason why I'm in this field is because a lot of us Black women, the, the death rate is very high. Mm-hmm. We are dying in the hospitals. And I'm also here for my trans people. Trans people are not being listened to in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And they are, within the first year, them and the babies, they're dying because they're not getting the care that, you know, they don't care. Um, so a midwife is basically a one-on-one, -on -one, basically having your doctor like at your tips, like your one-on-one, -on -one, any questions that you have, like we have to be available, we're available like anytime that you need us. And um, yeah, so I'm here because there are not many black midwives here in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of black people don't know that they have the option to have a midwife. Some Medicaid cover. If you have Medicaid, some um, midwives they take Medicaid. You have the wow. option. I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I'm here for my Black people and my LGBTQ plus community, um, so that they have a safe space to know that um, throughout their whole birthing journey that you know they have someone that looks like them. I'm here for BIPOC people, you know, okay. people of color all together. Mm -hmm. But my main focus really is. You know, my black people and my trans people. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier that the doctor and the midwife they work closely together, or the midwife had to uh, advocate for the mother if the mother wants to have the baby at home. Mm -hmm. What is that process? What do you mean? What do I mean by that process? In terms of, do you hire the midwife to go with you to the doctor's visit? The doula. I'm, I'm sorry, the doula. Mm -hmm. You hire that doula to go with you to the doctor's visit, uh, and then you make the decision with the doctor and the doula, 
or you just do it independently from the doctor. Now, the doula, you do everything with your doctor. The doula is here during your birth, the whole birth experience, like when you're giving birth, the labor experience. Okay. Because you're not in, you know, you're in pain. There's a lot of stuff we have going on. You're nervous. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, and then, you know, that's when they want to ask you a whole bunch of questions, making decisions. So your whole point or your whole process before the labor experience, you talk to your doula about, okay, this is what I want. This is what I don't want to happen. Um, in case of an emergency, this is what I would like. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, you have the doctors, after a while, they're going to push a C-section on you. They're not patient. <laughs> they're going to push it. Um, so the doula is here to basically to be a mouthpiece during that time. You're not able to talk. They have your birth plan. They're like, no, my client said they want to have a natural birth. And that's what is going to happen. But how can a person avoid the C-section? What I mean by avoid in, in terms of if the doctor advocates, the doctor says, well, this is the best route for you. Mm-hmm. How can you say, I don't want that? Like legally speaking, I guess I shouldn't say legally, but in terms of what's best for you, the mother. How do you know this is the best route? Even though the doctor says C-section, but you don't want to do C-section, you want to go the natural way. And they are telling you this is the the situation if you don't do C-section. How do you know you're making the best decision? This is why you have a doula with you. The doula is going to be able to speak to the doctor and the nurses and they're going to, you know, be able to talk and, you know, figure out what's going on. Like, not be able to pressure you, put that pressure on you because after a while, you know, after a while, it's going to be pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, C-section. Why is that the doctor push, push or pushing C-section more? I heard of a doctor that basically performed a C-section because they were late for vacation. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to go on vacation and the birth was taking too long and they just, you know, all right, let's do C-section. So basically what you're telling me sometimes... I'm not saying uh, all of them. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not say all of them. I'm just saying like the ridiculous reasons that I've heard. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is it's easier on the doctor when it's C-section. And they get more money. They get more money. Yeah, it's a, a surgery. It's a big it's a surgery. Mm. They get more money. Okay. Now, knowing all of this, if in the future you were to have another child, I will not. Okay, you will not. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, would you go the natural way now that you know you're more aware than your first child? Would you, or would you just go with... Well, I don't have the option because I have, because I'm still high risk, so I don't have the option to even do, like, the natural. um, I don't have that option, so... But if I were a healthy patient, I would definitely get a midwife. And a doula, for sure. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to answer that question. Let's say somebody is having difficulty having a baby. Mm-hmm. Do they, can, even if they talk to a doctor, can they speak to a midwife as well on that? Well, we're or not infertility. I mean, you know, we have some more um, natural holistics. Um, somebody might be educated more and telling you, like, the holistic way and how to go about it, but we're basically for pregnant. Right. Oh, the after effect, not the before. Yeah. 
but if, if somebody's having difficulty you know, carrying a child who in that type of they will have to go to infertility infertility specialists infertility specialist is there the natural way of an infertility you can look they have um holistic people yeah who can help okay all right okay those are some very very good information and very enlightening anything else you want to cover on the midwife before we uh jump into the next subject look into a midwife if you're black okay if you're black look into a midwife okay <laughs> All right. The next uh, next topic we're gonna talk about. Um, I remember back then, I attended your church. Uh, uh, you were seven day Adventist. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to your church, and now I believe you don't attend the church anymore. Is that correct? Correct. So I wanted to talk to you about that. When did you make the decision to? switch funny enough while i was on a mission as a missionary mm-hmm. <laughs> while being seminary adventist um i've always been a logical person so if you're going to show me something i want to know the answer and it was never a it was never satisfying to me um, when I would ask a question and I would get a, the runaround or I would get the same basic answer and certain in just living by rules. I'm just speaking from my religion and I'm speaking for anybody's religion. I'm speaking from my experience okay. with my religion and just living by rules that just didn't make any sense to me. Um. And I had a, while I was on a mission, I had took a year off to do missionary work. And I had a very hard time because I was very different from everybody else. And for some reason, it was difficult for other people because I am a, I'm quite blunt. (laughs) I'm, I'm quite blunt. And I'm not as, and you know, and it's like, it was expected of like everyone to like have like this nice sweet personality and oh like so angelic and innocent and i never understood it because like why would god give us different personalities just for us to act the same and it never made sense to me and i would pray about that and i would stay up late and i would write it in my journal i'm like why can't i fit in i had a hard time fitting in because I didn't understand why I couldn't be myself. Okay. I just could not, I could not wrap my mind around it. Like, God, like, why is it that I have to act like a human? Like, I have this big old personality and, you know, I, I'm allowed to ask questions. I'm allowed to, you know, you know, and it just, like, it was always an issue. It was basically like, shut up and do what you're told, basically. And I'm not the type of person I've never been. Mm-hmm. And... When we would go out to speak to the people in the less fortunate neighborhoods, I felt like I was the only one that was like, I'm not going to say the only one, but like one of the people that was like the most real. And that is why the people connected to me more. Like, you've been in the church and you've had your relationship with God for years. So when you say 
Jesus loves you, you understand Jesus, Jesus, Jesus love, right? Yeah. You understand it because what? You studied it. You got time to get to know him and he knows you and all that different stuff. You had the time for that. You go into a neighborhood where they've never, all they heard of Christians, especially like from TV, they've never been to church. They don't even know how to read or anything. And you're just basically going on telling him, them, oh, Jesus love you. Turn yourself to Jesus and thinking that they're just gonna be like, oh, okay, great, wonderful. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you can't relate. Like, you, you can't relate to the people. And it's just, when I would go, I would be honest with them. Like, listen, I'm from Miami and I know the hoods of the hoods. Um, this is this. I am not perfect. I grew up in the church, but phew, I've done my part. Like, where mm-hmm. you at? I've been there. <laughs> you know? And I would just be real and honest with them. And they would, be, they would look at me like, wow, like, you are a real person. It's like, that's not... Why do why do that? Why we why are people we being looked at as if we are on pedestals that don't sin, and then the people would feel like they're such sinners, like God will never be able to like love them or like whatever. But for me, it was just it just made me look at myself internally, like what is it that I want to get from my spiritual journey, and I went on my own mission. So it happened. It so happens that. I got sick while I was in California on a mission. I came back home and I was sick for like about like a year. And I had time to think and be set. And I told God, I said, listen, I want to give up the church. I want to give up the Bible. And I want it to be just me and you. I want to start over. Mm-hmm. Because... I want to cut out all of the noise, all of the things that I've learned and that I've been, you know, preconditioned to learn as a child. I want to unlearn all of all of those things. And you used to talk to the people back in the day before there was the Bible. You used to speak directly to them. And you said you are a non-changing God. You don't change. So that means you can do that today, your present day. So I want to see that. I want to be able to speak to you one-on-one like the people back in the day. No Bible, no church, no people. And I did that. Strong. Mm-hmm. Best decision I made. I don't make a move without talking to God. I just, I hear God so clearly. And a lot of the things that I learned and I was, I was preconditioned to learn and stuff. God is like, I never said that. And that's just, and then when I tell people, people that they're like, oh, what are some of the things or whatever? And I'm like, I want you to go find your own like relationship. And you know, you know, but you figure that out because some people think that you're trying to, you know, talk them out of being a Christian or talk them out of being whatever. And it's that's not what it is. I'm just telling you what my experience is. And a lot of the things that I learned, God is like, I never said that. You, you want to give us an example or two <laughs> on those in terms of what you learn? Um, an example. Well, one of the topics um, is like very sensitive or whatever to other people, but as me being part of the LGBTQI A plus community, 
um, I wouldn't say that I struggled with my sexuality because I never felt like it was wrong to me. Mm-hmm. I never felt like it was wrong. So I never spoke on it. I just wanted to be the good Christian girl and just do you know what I was told. But I always knew you know, who I was. And I would just happen to tell myself, and you know, it's a phase, it's a phase. And I would talk to like my close friends, like, oh, it's a phase. We all go through that phase, like as women. And I'm just like, really? And I got to a certain age and I'm like, this is not a phase anymore. Like I'm not having any type of, like I'm with these men and I'm not having any type of like emotional connection to these men, none. It was very much, I'm doing it just to be here. And because this is the right thing to do. And I got married, got a kid, had the whole cute little family thing, but it wasn't it for me. So in other words, you feel like you're missing something. Or something was I was missing. I felt yeah, and it wasn't fair to myself, nor was it fair to him. Mm-hmm. It was not fair. Because and even before like we got together and I told him I said, Listen, <laughs> you know, I had I, I already came to terms that I like women. I said, I like women. And he said, Well, you're gonna learn to love me. Whatever, you know, Haitians, they're um <laughs> egotistical. That's it, okay, cool. Unfortunately, that never happened. So, did you, pr- in other words, you prayed about it? Of course. And then, what was the word from God you got, you received? Be yourself. Because I'm already like, that's what I'm saying, like, God already knows who you are. Me trying to hide it from the world, like, what, what does it mean? I'm going to be myself. And so when I did go and I did my own research from the Bible, you know, and everyone says, oh, it's in the Bible that, you know, it's condemned and stuff. And I say, okay, let me go find out where it says that. And then through doing my own research, I'm a researcher. I have ADHD. I'm going to research everything. You see that as I'm talking, I'm bouncing around topics. (laughs) But come to find out, that's not even what it says in there like there's so many things in there just like you ever played the game telephone when you were in elementary yes that's basically like what i feel like the bible is like from the original translation you got people that keep translating it keep translating keep and by the time you get to to you was like it's something says something totally different if you and that's what i'm saying like if the person feels i'm speaking of my journey and my conviction if someone feels like their conviction is it's wrong. It's come. That's that's you. That's that has nothing to do with me. I'm talking about me. I did my research. That's not in there. In the real version, like they're real. The it's not in there. They were talking about pedophiles. When they said a man shall not lay with a boy like a like you know like he does with a woman, he was speaking of pedophiles. <laughs> And people, the people that translated it because they wanted to keep doing what they were doing, the pedophiles, they translated it to, you know, 
me to the LGBT people because I think it says that the population was like running low or something and they wanted people, they wanted more babies. Okay. So do you still read the Bible? I do not. You do not. After you had that revelation, in mm-hmm. other words. Um, Tune in next week, Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. for part two. See you then. Hashtag, are you really living?